You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Let's move on to our next topic and, and talk about the iconic scoreboard, of course, at Adelaide Oval, which is one of cricket's most iconic landmarks. It's the first thing people talk about when they're referring to Adelaide Oval. They talk about the scoreboard, they talk about the hill. Uh, but Trevor, not too many cricket grounds still have old historic buildings connecting to their past. Some that come to mind, it's Lords, uh, the Pavilion, the SCG with the members and ladies stands, the Oval in England with its Pavilion. And same with Old Trafford and Trent Bridge with their pavilions as well. Uh, but if the scoreboard could talk at Adelaide Oval, it would have endless tales to, to tell, really. Um, it's witnessed so many of the historical moments in Australian cricket, but also in world cricket. Uh, some of the game's great players have had their names on that scoreboard. Um, and, and the Adelaide Oval scoreboard is very unique. There is no other scoreboard in world cricket like it in the world, really. It's, it's one of a kind which makes it so special. So, Trevor, tell us the history associated with the scoreboard. What year was it constructed? Who was the architect who designed the scoreboard? And how does the thing work? <laughs> um, well, the scoreboard was built in 1911. It was the, the third scoreboard at the Oval. Well, well, fourth if you count one that was built, taken down, then rebuilt. Um, but 1911 was the, was the Oval scoreboard. Uh, the architect was an Adelaide architect called Kenneth Milne, and he's known for building some of the, uh, or uh, designing some of the interesting buildings around Adelaide um, that still exist. Um, he got paid £70 for his design. He actually went over to Melbourne and had a look at the scoreboard in Melbourne before coming back and designing the Adelaide Oval one. Um, and when it came time to build it, there was a bit of a dispute between... Uh, Kenneth and the Cricketing Association, they actually wanted it built on a mound in the other corner of the Oval. Um, he wanted it built where it currently is. And the, the way to convince the Cricket Association to build it where it is, is was to uh, give them two quotes. And the quote to build it in the other location was a whole lot dearer than the quote to build it where it eventually got built. So the Cricket Association went for the cheaper quote and... Uh, it's where it is, and it's been there for um, well over 100 years, and we think we know that the architect got it right. Um, it cost about £1,425 to build in 1911, and that's about the same price as what a three-bedroom house in Adelaide would have been at that time. So the, the bottom floor is a bar, and uh, that's always been there. And then above that, there are four levels across which the operators work, particularly during cricket matches. We do use it for all sports that are played at Adelaide Oval. Um, so some of the sports like football, where the score doesn't change as often, you don't need as many to operate, you don't have the names up there and all that sort of thing. So um, for football or soccer, it only takes two people to operate it. But for, for cricket, it's it's four for a, um, a Sheffield Shield match, five for a Test match, and it takes seven people when there's a T20, when the big bash is on, just because oh. things happen so quickly. And they're working across all four levels inside the scoreboard. Um, it's a mechanically operated scoreboard, or it was in 1911 and it still is. We haven't changed the operation of it much at all. Um, all the numbers that you see turning around are on rollers and they're, they're turned uh, 
either by a handle or in the case of the, the total score of the team that's batting, uh, once they get past 99, you actually have to open a little door, pick up a number one and slide it into the slot. So you don't get a handle to turn with that. Um, the uh, the name plates are all uh, made for each match. So they're individual letters, a bit like an old Scrabble board. Uh, you've got to actually put the letters into it. The name plates will take between 10 and 12 letters, depending on how big they are, uh, whether they're I's or whether they're W's. So when you have a hyphenated name or a really long name, the uh, operators have to get creative about how they uh, how they put the name up. One that's currently causes them a bit of trouble is Labashane, because mm. you can't fit the whole word on. So yeah. I think at the moment he's Lab apostrophe Shane to get it all in, um, and that happens quite frequently with with hyphenated names or, or really long names. They have to adapt to to get them all on there, and that's about a two hour job to make up the the two sets of, of names for a cricket match. Hmm. Yeah, 20, um, 22 yeah. players in um, in total, so that takes a very long time. Yeah. Um, the, the one modern addition to the scoreboard is the lights that you see when, um, when a fielder fields the ball. Um, by modern addition, they were added in 1928. Uh, we actually got the idea from the Sydney Cricket Ground. Our, uh, our cricket team was playing over there, saw they had lights on there, scoreboard brought the idea back to Adelaide and um, convinced the scoreboard operators to punch some holes in the front of the scoreboard and poke some lights through. Uh, they're a bit more secure now and a bit safer, uh, but uh, they're still there. And that's about the only major change to the scoreboard since, since it's been built or from what um, Kenneth Mill designed. Yes. Um, and it's heritage listed, of course, so nothing can be altered or changed and it has to remain where it is to this day because it's heritage listed along with the Morton Bay fix. Isn't that right, Trevor? Uh, partly. The, um, the heritage listing means that it can't be demolished or it can't be substantially altered, but it doesn't mean it can't be moved. And there was some talk uh, when the redevelopment took place at Adelaide Oval about um, moving it out to the number two ground. Some people weren't sure that it would fit the new ground. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, they didn't get their way and uh, we've still got it in its uh, location and it'll probably remain there. The Moreton Bay figs aren't heritage listed, but they are covered by quite a lot of documentation about care and how they should be looked after. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty safe, I think. I don't think they're going anywhere. No, it, it it adds to the ground, of course. Yes, yeah. Um, and and you spoke about uh, players with uh, long names, Ian Chapel. Quite interesting story about his nickname, Chapelli. Uh, that you couldn't fit his full name on the scoreboard, so they just put Chapelli on the scoreboard, and people called Ian Chapel Chapelli after that because, um, because of his yeah, name was, on on the scoreboard. He was. It was when Greg Chapel first came into the team, and they mm, had. Yeah, that's right. Had then of just using surnames mm. and they had to differentiate between the two of them so it went up as Chapel G and Chapel I and Australians being what they are looked at Chapel I and it just became Trapelli. Yeah <laughs> quite an interesting um, story there that he tell, tells about that uh, Ian Chapel, uh, one of South Australia's great, um, great players and we'll talk about that in a minute about the history of South Australian cricket but um, last question before we move on to the next topic Trevor, has the scoreboard undergone any restoration work? Does it um, 
undertake any restoration work on a regular basis? Does it get maintained? Uh, well, it is pretty much in original condition. Um, in the early 2000s, it did develop a little bit of a, a lean, um, and that was probably due to the, the way the mounds were constructed in the early days. They were just sort of um, soil piled on top of soil, and the, the foundations of the, the scoreboard moved slightly. So it has had um, reinforcing rods put through it just to stabilise it. Other than that, it's pretty much in original condition. Well, that's fantastic. And hopefully we'll stay there for many, many years to come. It's over 100 years old since 1911, so hopefully we'll stay for another 100 or so years for people to enjoy and marvel at um, every time they go to Adelaide Oval. And um, especially you get that on the tours, I'm guessing, Trevor. Yes, when, yes. When we people... take them inside the, uh, inside the scoreboard and show them how it works. Yes, they, they, they must uh, marvel at um, how how you can operate this such big structure. It, it's really a highlight for most people on the tour. It's, it's the wow factor. Yes, especially with the cricket tragics, maybe. Um, <laughs> probably, the, you know, it's an iconic thing in world cricket, so... You know, you've got to tick that off the list. You've got to go to Adelaide yes. over to have a look at the scoreboard. Uh, but it was great to hear about the uh, the scoreboard's history and uh, how it all works, and uh, it's quite interesting. Hi, everyone. Hope you enjoyed our historical series episode, looking back at the history of Adelaide Oval with Trevor Manuel, ambassador and tour guide at Adelaide Oval. If you are interested in visiting Adelaide Oval or visiting the Bradman Collection, head over to the Adelaide Oval website which is in the description of this episode.